All right. Hello. Uh, this is Roger. Uh, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. I'm doing a solo episode today. Um, so I am in lockdown, in quarantine, as I imagine a lot of you are, um, if you're listening to this when it's come out. Um, and I thought I would do a little bonus episode outside of the regular series, um, talking about how to use chords, particularly the Roman numeral system of uh, chords. Now, this involves a little bit of music theory, but it's really just kind of a, a toolkit to kind of help you improve your writing if you're interested in, like, which different chords can you use when you're writing a song. Um, so I'm going to... I haven't got anything actually planned for this, so to speak, but I'm going to kind of, like, do a uh, a kind of walkthrough of how I would go about writing a song off the top of my head. And we're going to be working in C major, um, so to keep it nice and simple. I'm sat at the piano and... Uh, so we're playing in the key of C major. This is a C major chord. Okay, so, and that means that we're playing in the C major scale. So, which sounds like this. And coming back down. So C major is one of the most prominently used scales, um, used in a majority of contemporary popular music, whether it be pop, punk, rock, reggae, all that sort of thing. Um, the minor scale is also used, but um, each major scale has a relative minor scale as well. So C major, uh, its relative minor scale is A minor. And that uses exactly the same notes, but rather than starting on a C for C major, it starts on an A for A minor. And you can uh, kind of go between the major and its relative minor um, to <clears throat> provide sort of a tonal var variety to a song or a composition. So we're working in C major. And the first thing I want to point out is that um, each, each scale has um, a home or a tonic. Um, in C major's case, it is the chord C major. Um, you always kind of, uh, generally with songwriting, you want to come home to the tonic, by which, I mean, you want to resolve. So the great thing with working with a scale like this is that you, uh, you have kind of like a magnetic pulling point, so to speak, um, certain chords which, wants to re which want to re resolve to certain other chords. Um, so because you've got your tonic here, which is C major, uh, you also have A. Um, eight other chords, um, eight including repeating that C again. So if we play that scale, again, the C major scale, we got C, D, E, F, G, A, B, and to resolve, C again. All right, so now each of those notes in that scale, each of the eight notes in that scale has a chord attached to it, um, diatonically, if you listen to the show before, you'll know that uh, diatonically refers to um, working within the uh, constraints of that scale without breaking the rules, basically. So uh, the chords attached to those notes that Judge told you, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, and then C again, are C major, D minor, E minor, F major, G major, A minor, B diminished, and again, C major. 
Now these chords can be changed, uh, for example, if you take uh, D minor in the C major uh, Roman numeral scale. Um, the reason I call it the Roman numeral scale is because you've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and then uh, 1 slash 8 again. And, you know, in music theory and that sort of thing, they're written as Roman numerals, so it's kind of called the Roman numeral system. Um, but like I was saying, uh, you can take uh, a D minor chord, for example, from this system and make it into a D major. Now immediately you're breaking the quote-unquote rules of um, what can be done within the C major scale because you're including an F sharp, which is not part of the C major scale. But the great thing with breaking the rules like that is those are where the most interesting things come from musically. Those are the bits of, even if you don't know music theory, those are the bits of songs which you'll probably be drawn to um, as the most emotionally pivotal points in a song, um, or the most uh, sort of bluesy or rocky or that sort of thing. So, for example, you know, if, if we're playing um, in A minor and we wanted to go um, that sort of uh, bluesy sound, uh, is provided by adding a D-sharp, rather than just kind of going E, D, you go D-sharp, D. And so you can kind of see that these, like, uh, breaking the rules, these non-diatonic um, flavors add uh, a really musical and uh, pleasing tone to, um, to whatever you're playing. And the same goes with writing songs. So generally, if I'm writing a song in C major, I'm going to start the whole composition with a C major. That's not a hard and fast rule, but it's a good thing to kind of get started. So um, we're starting on C major. And like I say, the two is D minor. Then you have the three, which is E minor. The four, which is F major. The five, which is G major. The six, which is A minor. The seven, which is B diminished. And the eight slash one, which is C major again. And hopefully you can hear how that all resolves back to the C. It kind of wants to come home to the C. Um, most of these chords will want to resolve to the C. So a great example of that is the G chord, the five, going to the one. So you've probably heard us talk about this on the podcast quite a lot. Um, so resolving from the five to the one is kind of one of the most uh, prominently used uh, turnarounds or changes um, in, in songwriting and composition in general, um, which sounds a lot like this. Another uh, example of a resolution that is very commonly used is what's called the plagal cadence, which is, uh, comes from religious music, which is going from the four to the one. And you might recognize that from the uh, classic Amen. So uh, that is another popular one. Um, like I say, I haven't really got like a whole thing in mind to talk about here. I'm not going through a sheet. I'm just speaking off the top of my head. Um, but while we're on the uh, while we're on the topic of resolutions, um, you can take that uh, plagal cadence, which is really nice. That is F major, C major, four one, and you can make the F a minor chord, which is then called a minor plagal cadence, which sounds like this. which has got a really lovely feel to it. Again, because you're using that non-diatonic um, G-sharp in there, which is part of the F minor chord. You hear that? Um, because you're using that, you get this sudden burst of flavor. Um, so it's a really good idea to start writing 
using just the diatonic chords, um, C, D minor, E minor, F, G, A minor, B diminished C, um, one through eight of the Roman numeral system. Um, but then as soon as you start breaking those rules, um, and you can do that before you know the whole thing inside and out, it's not like you have to know the rules um, in order to break them, um, you then have the ability to add a lot more emotion into your song. So just a couple of examples of that off the top of my head, writing in C major, um, going to an F minor rather than an F major, That's that minor plagal cadence with a little bit of arpeggiating and uh, melody structure on top. Provides a lot of that. Let me think. Uh, another cool one to try out for breaking the rules is uh, going to the 3 but making it a major. So in this case, in the case of C major, what's our 3? One, two, three, C, D, E. Um, so we're making that E, what would normally be a minor, into a major. And you can kind of hear, like, even just changing from the minor to the major, you can hear that it has, like, a real life to it. And, you you know, it's kind of, like, uh, pregnant with possibility as to, like, where you could go next with it. So, I mean, we can just play the C major followed by an E major and see how that sounds. I mean, already it sounds like we're playing a an established real song. Um, a lot of songs start with those two chords together because there is such a... Um, Kind of like a, a draw to go forward with it, like where does it go next? Um, and that's kind of a question I think that um, especially newer songwriters will want to ask themselves quite a lot is where does this go next? And not in a kind of, um, not in a way that uh, it's a problem to solve, more that it's like, it's kind of a helping hand, like like where could this go next? Um, what could I do to... Um, to make this sound really cool, rather than it being like a challenge in a negative way. So let's take that C major, and we've got E major, and then uh, let's go for an F after that. Now something that isn't as easily translatable with this kind of podcast is, uh, you know, the, the visual side of it. So what I'm doing here is I'm moving with relatively small steps, so between C and E, we've only got... Uh, three steps in the C major scale, C, D, E, um, and then between E major and F major, um, if you're looking at just the root of those chords, E and F, it's simply one step. There is something to taking steps with melody and chord writing rather than leaps. Um, so you take a song like, I really am jumping all over the place here with this, but hopefully there's uh, something uh, to kind of follow through here. So if you take a song like Three Blind Mice, so you're going E, D, C, E, D, D, C, and then you make a little jump here, so you go G, F, E, G, F, F, E. Now those notes are all right next to each other, apart from the jump from the C to the G. Um, and there is there's something quite pleasing and easy to write when it comes to writing in small steps, and I'm talking physically speaking here, like where you're going with between different notes, the intervals, whereas if you write a melody like this, you know, it doesn't have that same musicality to it, um, which, uh, you know, which we're going for when we're writing songs. So uh, let's go back to that example there with the, uh, the C to the E major to the F, and we'll see where we can take it next. So C major, one, E major 3, but made into a major chord rather than a minor chord, and then we've got F, which follows nicely because it's right next door, 
from here, you know, my mind wants to go to the F minor um, for a couple of reasons. I mean, a lot of this is intuitive. You can't think of it too, like, methodically or anything like that. But um, going to that F minor uh, is close. So it kind of ticks the boxes, like I was talking about before, having uh, your notes be close to each other rather than leaping around. You want to step rather than leap is a good idea. Um, and also, it uh, takes us into a non-diatonic non territory. So F major to F minor. And then that is exactly the same uh, setup for a minor plagal, minor plagal cadence, which takes us back to the C. So that might sound like a lot to digest, um, especially if you haven't used a lot of non-diatonic chords before. But really, you're just kind of like establishing where certain things want to move. Um, I hope that makes sense. Uh, where they want to move. Where does it sound good for them to go next? Where does where does C major want to go? In our uh, example here, we want to go to E major. And then in our next example, we want to go to F. Because it just sounds right, you know what I mean? Um, so if we were to go to uh, some other chord there, it doesn't sound quite as good. So uh, we're just kind of going through, and then we know that our F minor resolves to the C. It's a pretty sure bet that um, a lot of chords, whether diatonic or non-diatonic, when you're writing in in, uh, in this capacity, will want to resolve to the C. There are kind of different exceptions and stuff. Um, okay, let me talk about dominance and tonics. Um, I kind of touched on this before, but so um, the tonic is the home of the scale, um, what it wants to come back to. So in our case, again, C major. That's our tonic. Da -da! Nice thing to end on. Very uh, complete. Has a sense of, uh, you know, completeness. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to it. Um, so the F minor can go back there. But what I touched on before is that the main one that wants to go back there is what's called the dominant chord. Now, the dominant chord in C major is, is uh, G major. Again, that nice uh, final feel, you know. It uh, just makes sense to go back there. Um, now, there are these things also called secondary dominance, which come in handy when you're writing um, kind of uh, more intermediate um, or advanced songs. Um, but really, that is just a good thing to keep in mind when you're writing in general, is that the dominant wants to go back to the tonic. Um, in more simple terms, the G major wants to go back to the C major. But um, I think as songwriters and composers, our job is to uh, elongate that journey in an interesting way. Because, I mean, it wouldn't be a very fun song if you just had C major to G major to C major again. I mean, it sounds nice, but there's not like a hell of a lot going on. Um, to draw in a listener's attention and to create any kind of emotional dynamic within that piece. Um, but that is the basic building block. That, you know, goes starting from the home, going out from the home to the, let's say, the dominant, the G major, and you come back again. But how could we uh, mix it up a little bit more? Um, I think the, the real basic answer that's outside of any kind of music theory or anything is just play a C major which is the root of your scale, and then try another chord, you know? I mean, let's try that now. So we'll start with C major, and rather than going to the G major, so it just so we can come right back, 
Um, let's elongate that journey a little bit. So we're going to go to uh, A minor, let's say I just picked a random chord from the scale, a completely diatonic chord, which is the sixth of the scale, the relative minor of the scale. Um, if this sounds like a lot to remember, and it's something you haven't really delved into before, you'll get to a point where you'll go F major and C, oh, that's the four. F minor and C, oh, okay, that's the uh, minor four, which is uh, can be used for the minor playable cadence. Like, it sounds like I know a lot about the vocabulary, but it's just because I've been doing it for for a while um, and you kind of pick that up as you go but the most important thing is the sound the sound of the chords it's not kind of knowing about all the theory and everything that's not really the most important thing so anyway um, so we're starting on the C rather than just going to the G to resolve back to the C we're going to choose that A minor which I said about which is the 6 so we go C to A minor cool and then we could just go to the G and then resolve to the tonic, the C. Sounds alright, let me play that a little faster for you. Okay, that sounds good. I mean, the uh, putting that A minor in there, the 6 of the scale, um, that provides a little bit more emotion because uh, minor chords are generally sadder feeling. Um, but that's the great thing with with chords in general, just as a quick aside. Minor chords are generally sadder, but within the context of a scale and the chords around it in the song you're writing, different minor chords and different major chords can have different... Um, sort of shades of sadness or melancholy or happiness or joy or elation or what have you um i think i think the main thing is like the, the same way that um a painter would use different colors and different shades to uh sort of illustrate a different mood within different parts of a painting it's kind of uh i think of it as like a songwriter's um sort of toolbox or color palette is like what do these different chords do like and you get to a point where you go okay well if i'm writing in c and i want something that's like really sad to put with like a very sad lyric i know i, I can go to my f minor right um and then so we got the a minor in there like i was saying which provides that kind of sad feeling but let's take it one step further and let's add in so so far in this progression we got c major a minor, G, the dominant, going back to C, the tonic. Let's add in a D major, which will allow me to uh, touch on uh, the concept of secondary dominant chords. Um, again, try not to be uh, put off by the jargon of this, unless you already understand it. It's really just a case of uh, making... I'm trying to make examples of things that go well together. So um, secondary dominant is just a couple of words which describe something like that. So let's see. So we've got C major. We'll go to A minor now. Now let's go to D major. Very nice. And then up to G. And then resolve to the C. Now that's got a real feel to it. That's got the A minor, which has that nice sad feel to it. And then you've got the D major, which sounds to me like really royal, really rich. Adds a whole nother shade to the progression in general. And it's also the secondary dominant of G major. Now we know that G major is our dominant for C. Which, and all that means is G wants to resolve to C. 
Now, what wants to resolve to G? D major in this case, because it's the secondary dominant. Um, so you can go up five chords, so G, A, B, C, D, or down four chords, G, F, E, D. Okay, so up five or down four to get your secondary dominant. Um, I hope that makes sense. Um, so our secondary dominant of G is, let's go down four for the sake of, uh, it's the closest, G, F, E, D. And to, uh, to make it a secondary dominant, we can, uh, to keep it diatonic, we could go D minor, G, which then wants to resolve to the C, but we're going to be a little, a little bit more uh, smart and add a bit more color to the chord progression. So, um, we're going to make that a D major. Um, and the reason I say that is, is because this is kind of where my theory knowledge uh, cuts out a little bit. But making it a D major just has a more uh, solid foundation to the sound of the chord, which then wants to go to a G major, which has a lot more of a solid foundation, which wants to go to the C. So having major, major, major um, from subdominant to dominant to root, tonic, C major... It just has a bit more strength to it, you know, and it's just, that's not a hard and fast rule. That is down to taste and it's down to um, when you're writing a song, experiment with does D, does D minor sound good in this context or does D major or does D diminished? You know, it's like, I think the thing to bear in mind is like, don't get caught up with, you know, um, whether it's me or anybody else you're listening to or watching on YouTube or anything like that. If they say you should go to this chord, like you know, play around with breaking those rules as well. But, so, um, but also go with what you think sounds good. And I think this D major sounds good. So we'll play that progression one more time. Um, with the knowledge that the D major wants to go to the G because it's the secondary dominant. Okay, so we're going to play C, A minor, D major, G major. And then I'm going to kind of go a little bit further with that and say some ways that I would color those chords even more. Okay. So, I mean, at this point, we're kind of working with this as our main progression. Here we go. C major. A minor. D major coming up. G major. And notice that each of those chords are held for equal length, so that um, you could go back around to the C and start the whole thing again. And that is basically how you would write a verse. So now we've got these uh, four chords which work. C major. A minor, D major, and G. Um, you could write a whole song around that, you know, and just you could play with melodies. Excuse the uh, out of pitch singing there, um, but you get the the idea. You know, once you kind of got a rotation of chords going around, you have the start of a verse, which I think is probably quite heartening for people who haven't used uh, these type of chords before, these type of non-diatonic chords. The fact that you can get a nice feel to the song, a melody, and most importantly, a start to the song, you know, uh, a foundation to, to build your whole song upon. So um, we're going to start with C major, and then we're going to do A minor, but then we're going to make the D major a D7, meaning that it contains the notes D, F sharp, A, and C. Okay, it's got that nice show tuney feel, and then instead of playing a G major, we're gonna play a G seven. Okay, so that's G B D F, um, and you'll notice um, if you're a keen eared listener, if you know your um, 
if you know your C major scale very well, that the G, B, D, F contains all of the notes of a B diminished chord, which is the 7 of the scale. Now the 7 of the scale isn't used a hell of a lot, um, there are definitely creative ways to use it, um, which I'll probably go into another video, because it's something that really interests me, um, how diminished chords, which are quite ugly, can be used in really interesting ways. Um, but like I said, I'll get into that another time. So we're making the last two chords, um, D and G, of our progression, sevens, um, which simply means we're adding the seventh degree of that scale, but don't worry too much about that. It's just a case of how it sounds and how it feels. So with D major, we're adding one more note, which is a C. Let's make that nice and simple. With G major, we're adding one more note, which is an F. And you'll hear the difference of how making it a seven makes that magnetism of it wanting to go to the next chord even stronger. So here we go, let's play that with the sevens. So C major starting here. A minor, here comes the D7. G7 there. resolving to the C. So already you can see that we come from this place where we had a C major, going to a G major, the dominant, and then back to the C, which again works. It's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with that apart from the fact that it's not very interesting. So the fact that we've added in only two other chords, you know, we've added in the A minor and we've added in the D7, and we've made the G a G7. Um, so, you know... got quite an interesting progression there. So then, let's call that the verse. Let's say you've got a cool melody to go over that. Um, I'll touch on this really quickly. I mean, melody-wise, I think you should just go with your gut instinct. When you're playing these chords and melodies come to you, use the melodies that come to you because they're usually the strongest. They're usually the ones that will work best um, intuitively and be the most uh, pleasing, you know. Um, so let's come up with a melody for that really quickly. Um, if you're ever stuck with melodies and something isn't coming naturally, use the notes of the A, the chord that you're playing at that given moment, and B, just the notes of the scale around it. So let's see what we start with at the C major with writing a verse, a verse rotation to, to kind of keep us going here. So we know we got C, E, and G in the C major chord. So let's go ahead and start on the E for a melody. Um, so we could just kind of stay on that E, and then we know we're going to e, A minor next, whose notes is A, C, and E. So we've got an E in there as well. So I'm going to stay on that E when we go to the A minor, but I'm going to move it up to an F. So again, stepping and not leaping with your melodies. And we'll just see how that sounds. Da -da -da. So, let me sing that an octave lower, because that's a bit high for me. Then we know we're going to the D7 next. And then, so we know we can go to, let's say, um, the D, which is just below the E. So we're only using these three notes for the vocal melody so far. 
So that goes with the D7. Okay. And then we know we're going to a G7 next. I'll just play a G for the time being to keep it relatively simple. Um, and then we could stay right there on that D because that's part of the chord. G, D, C. Uh, wait, no. G, B, D. Hopefully you're following that. <laughs> okay, so... That sounds kind of like a song, doesn't it? It sounds like it could be a song. I mean, uh, I won't write lyrics at the moment because that's not really the point of this, but I'll just kind of sing it with a little bit of uh, more of character, more character and more of a sort of uh, performative thing. So let's sing those notes. Like I said before, it sounds like a song. And um, again, for people who haven't written a lot with non-diatonic chords, this is hopefully will give you kind of a boost of confidence that um, you can quite easily write something that sounds pretty cool, pretty pleasing, and um, leads you on to the next part of the song. So let's say next we're going to go to the chorus. So we know our song is in C major. That's, that's all we're working with today. We're going non-diatonic, which means that we can use um, black notes in this case. Um, but we're basically just writing in C major. So the verse, I always think of like verses and songs as sitting around one particular chord. So I've spoken before about how the dominant wants to go back to the root. So our... our uh, Verse is very much based around the root, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of, it lives there, it wants to go back there. It hasn't really strayed too far. For the choruses, I like to stray a little further. Now, we're still, we still have the, um, the impetus to get back to the root, uh, being C major, at the end of um, what is going to be the chorus. But I want to stray a little bit more. I want to get into, uh, in a place where we're not hitting back on the C every single rotation. Um, because... The more we can stray, uh, the more sort of uh, delay we're putting between the interesting chords we're playing, the non-diatonics, the diatonics, the, the minors and majors, and coming back to that C. It just creates a more dramatic and, um, and uh, emotional journey, you know, um, for, for you and for the listener, and uh, it's interesting to do that. So um, for the sake of um, just kind of pulling up something, for instance, I like to go to the four of the scale in the chorus. Um, and by when I say go to the four of the scale, I mean, um, it's funny doing this because these are things that have become so in intuitive for me to just jump up there and play and write that it's actually kind of difficult to explain. But when I say going up to the four for the chorus, I mean going up to F major. Um, and it doesn't mean that you can't play an F major in the verse, and it doesn't mean that you have to stay on F major for the whole of the chorus. It just means that in my mind, at least, the chorus of this particular song we're writing right now is going to be based around F major, at least for the time being. Um, or at least that's going to be our starting point, okay? So um, let me just play the verse again to get back into it, and then I'm going to jump up to that F to just kind of begin the tone of the chorus. So here we go. Da -da. Yeah, here. Bye. 
Okay, so that's a pretty cool melody right there. Now, let me unpack what I just did there a little bit. So we we went up to the F, as I said, for the chorus. Um, and I got that melody. Let me see what that is on the keyboard here, melody-wise. So that is A, B, C. How easy can you get? Come on. And uh, <laughs> it's a nice, easy melody. And then what I did there, which might have caught some of your ears... Um, while I was playing, is I go to from F to an F sharp diminished. Okay, um, and the great thing with that is, and this is the trick I use all the time, which I think is um, super easy, and but it sounds intelligent um, musically, um, is I'll go, uh, I'll keep the same melody, uh, either on the right hand of the piano or singing, usually singing. So I got, and I'll repeat that again. But the chord underneath, the root is changing slightly. That doesn't mean the whole um, contents of the chord is changing. So the only difference between an F major and an F sharp diminished is that the F is sharpened. Um, you're still keeping the A and the C of the F major chord. You hear that? And it's got a lovely little climbing element to it. And that's a great thing, just as a really quick aside, it's a great thing to experiment with when you're writing. Doesn't it, it, oh, phone's going off here. Um, do, 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 do. So that's a really good thing to do when you're writing. It doesn't matter what uh, scale you're writing in or anything like that. It's just, say you've got an F major here. It's a nice, easy chord to play. Um, if you just sharpen the root, you know, and that doesn't take a lot of music theory to even think about. Um, there's also things you can do by just changing one finger, change it to an F minor. Change the little finger of that chord to... Uh, C sharp, for example, you know, no real theory to this at all, but and there you've got an augmented chord. But again, it doesn't really matter what the name of that chord is. Um, I think people can get too tied up with what a chord is called and what the theory behind that is, but does that sound good? And that was kind of my thinking with going to this F. So you got the F here. Bam, ba -da, da -da. Bam, ba -da, da -da. Um, and then where could we go for that next? So we know that... Um, this will be easier if you're following along kind of um, with a keyboard or a guitar in front of you. So we got the F sharpening to the F sharp. And then why not sharpen it again to the G? So. Up to a G here. So I'm going to keep the same melody going there, um, rhythmically speaking. Um, so instead of going... When it goes up to the G, because it works better with the chord... This will make so much sense if you can see it on the piano as well. I'm going to play the same rhythm, the same phrasing, but just I'm moving my fingers up a little bit. So instead of... I'm going to go... Which has a nice climb to it. So the whole thing's kind of going up. Um, so let's play that together. Um... To the G. And then I may as well sharpen it again. That'd be kind of cool. So um, we're going four to the, and we're going to sharpen the root, F sharp diminished, sharpen it again, but this time we're going to uh, take the whole of the fingers up to G, and then we're going to sharpen the root again, which is the same thing I did for the F to F sharp diminished, I'm going G to G sharp diminished, um, and then let's see if that melody still works there, so for the G we had... And then let's see, G sharp diminished. Cool, 
Okay, that works fine. Okay, so let's see what our chorus sounds like with this. To the G. Alright, great. And then uh, I feel like we want to go to an A minor here, which is just the next step up. So all we're doing in the roots of these chords, which is what the left hand is doing, what the bass would be doing, all that sort of thing, is going F, F sharp, G, G sharp, and then the next logical step is A minor. What I just did there is A minor, F, G, which is 6, 4, 5. And uh, so the 5, as we discussed before, is the dominant chord. The dominant chord wants to go back to the C, which is the, uh, the beginning of our verse, if you remember. So, um, so let me think. I'm kind of doing this at the same time as speaking about it. I'm actually writing this at the same time. So um, let me just play the chords a sec so you can kind of hear them in a nice basic way. F major. F sharp diminished. G major, the 5, sharpen it for G sharp diminished, A minor, F, G, which wants to go back to the verse, and then you resolve to the beginning of the song, okay? So um, for the sake of brevity, I'm going to keep it um, relatively short, but I hope that all makes sense so far. Uh, let me just recap a little bit. So... Um, if you're writing a song in C major, which I've chosen, by the way, because um, if you're writing on piano, it's like the white notes, you know, um, nice and easy to remember. And you're using the C major scale. Each of those notes have uh, a number attached to them. C is one, D two, E three, F four, G five, A six, B seven, and back to the C, which is eight slash one. Okay. And then each of those have chords attached to them diatonically, which means within the rules of playing in C major. So C, D minor, E minor, F major, G major, A minor, B diminished, and C. Okay. So um, what we've done in the writing of the song is we've broken the rules a little bit um, in terms of, I've just said that the second degree of the scale is D minor. Now we've got a couple of D majors in there, okay? Um, so all I'm saying that for is just to emphasize that it's okay to break the rules. It's okay to go, okay, in C major, like, uh, oh no, the, the five is a G major. Doesn't mean it can't be a G minor. In fact, if anything, if you make it a G, G minor, just provides more um, musical content and a lot more to work with and will probably give you better melody ideas as well so let me see here so the verse consists of one six two and five okay um so to kind of like uh take away any of the confusion about the names of chords, the diminished this, the seven that, the this, this, this. Um, I think it's important to, to say that, you know, when I'm kind of doing this stuff, I'm really just thinking in terms of the root of the scale. The other stuff colors it and it adds shade and it adds uh, texture, which is important. But really, when I'm playing this, I'm really just looking at my left hand in the verse playing C, A, D, G, you know? And then it just so happens that they have different uh, names. So C major, A minor, D major 7, but still, it's based on 
D, and then G7, you know? Um, I just said D major 7, I meant D7. I always get confused between those two. Um, D major 7 sounds like this, which is another cool chord to use, but still, based on D. So I'm looking at the roots there. Uh, in the chorus, we're um, starting on F, which is the 4 of the, um, of the scale, which, by the way, is called the subdominant. Um, and we're just walking the bass up, okay? So, like I said before, um, uh, a D7 yeah, is just based around D. In the same way, in the chorus, we're starting on an F, and we go to F-sharp diminished G, G-sharp diminished A minor. Now, if we just look at that as the terms of the roots of the chord, one note at a time, really simple. We go F, F-sharp, one step up, G, cool, one step up, G-sharp, and then A, and then we're going to go two steps down for F, and then one step up for the G, which is the dominant, which wants to resolve to, you guessed it, the C. Okay, so um, I think I have uh, talked about that long enough. Um, let me think if there's anything else I can really think to talk about. Um, I think I intended this to be a bit more basic than it ended up being. Um, but I think the main takeaways are, when you're writing in C major, you're using the C major scale. Nice and easy. Um, each of those notes has a chord attached to it diatonically. You can change what those chords character is by changing it from, say, a minor to a major, or from a major to a minor, or, um, I don't know, from a from a major and then sharpening the root to make it a diminished. These are just some tools. Um, these aren't, again, hard and fast rules for how to write songs, but they're ways to make your songs more interesting. Um, I'll give you one more quick example. So a lot of songs are based around 1, 4, and 5, meaning in C major, C major, F, and G. Okay? All major chords. Um, so a lot of songs are just that, you know, in, in kind of a different arrangements. Um, how could you make that more interesting? I'll give you one trick. Okay, so C major, go up to the F, to the G, and resolve back to the C. Okay. Now what if we just make that F, for half the time it's playing, an F sharp diminished like we did before. So all that's doing is taking F A C and changing it to F sharp A C. Very, very similar shape, especially when you're playing on the piano. Um, and we're just going to make half the time the F's playing into an F-sharp diminished. And just see the difference that makes um, to the tone of the song and the colour it provides. see it, it makes quite a lot of difference there. Um, I think the real key, outside of any theory, is just to experiment with... One thing I used to do when I started writing songs on a sort of more regular basis is um, I would challenge myself to include one new shape, one new chord in every new, in every new song I wrote. Um, so I used to write a lot with, you know, sort of one, four, five, and six, um, because I used to listen to the Ramones a lot, <laughs> that's um, how a lot of their songs are written. Um, but just that, that challenge to yourself for adding, you know, hey, I wonder if I can add a diminished chord in. 
And it doesn't matter if you go, does this, you know, does this work theoretically? Does this work in the context of the C major scale? Any of that stuff kind of throw out the window to a certain extent and just think, let me find out a diminished chord, put it in there, see if it works. If it doesn't work, try moving it around either on the fretboard or on the piano and see what you can find that does work um, a little bit better. So, you know, for example, if, um, I don't know, D sharp diminished doesn't really work, then your F sharp diminished, like we used, might provide the right kind of flavor you're looking for. And also be, uh, I don't know, I think one thing that I kind of got hung up on for a while was like, I wouldn't allow myself to be surprised by songwriting. And I think that's kind of when you uh, plateau or kind of hit a bit of a rut, you know, um, is when you kind of stick to the same old stuff. Um, but the cool thing is once you start playing around with, okay, I can put this diminished in here, you know, you have this, um, this kind of confidence like, okay, next time I write a song in C major, I can, um, you know, I can add in these diminished chords. Try changing majors to minors, minors to majors. Um, try, oh, here's another one. Try uh, taking down the root of a chord, so C major, C, E, G. Let's see what happens if we make that C into a B. So then we got B, E, G. What happens if we take that thumb down again, one more? to B flat, so now I go B flat, E, G. That sounds nice. One more even, A, E, G. And then it's just kind of a, a case of, especially if you're new to this stuff, like where does that want to go next? Does it want to go to uh, E minor? Mm, in my mind, no, so let's see. So now we're back to our A, E, G. I'm thinking maybe D minor. That's nice. And then what do we know resolves to C, which is where we want to get back home to? G, which I make a G7 for that extra oomph, you know, back to C. You know, so it's just a case of like, all that started with me playing the C major chord, you know, the home of the whole thing. Taking my thumb down one. I mean, there's no real theory to that, you know? Take it down again, take it down again. And then I, I kind of did a little bit of digging, a little bit of investigating what chord works. D minor seems to work. G, C. I mean, and then, you know, the, then you're at that stage, which I think, like I said, is probably quite heartening because then you've got the foundations of a verse, you know, and quite a sophisticated, cool verse. And not sophisticated in the sense that you've kind of had an intellectual think about it. It's just a case of you moved your thumb a little bit, you know. Um, and then when you're at that point, you've resolved the C. Uh, you can go anywhere else. You can go anywhere else. I just think that the going to the four is a good place to go for the chorus. Um, I kind of think of it as a secondary home, a home away from home, <laughs> so to speak. Um, the four of the scale, in this case F. Um, and then, yeah, just keep experiment experimenting with that stuff. Um, just, yeah, try doing one new thing with a C major song. In fact, even email it in um, if, you, if you're following this along and you fancy writing something in C, which uses, let's say, one non-diatonic chord, which means, you know, move your fingers a little bit um, on one part of the scale, you know, get a diminished in there, get an augmented in there, you know, um, put a minor in there where there shouldn't be a minor, kind of like, you know, break the rules that little bit, but right in the confines of C major, if you want to uh, try out this challenge and email the show at weeklysongpodcast.gmail.com um, with your results. Um, 
and it could just be like a verse chorus pattern like I've just written and um yeah see how you get on um I do hope this has been helpful or entertaining or something to you know chuckle at or something like that <laughs> but um yeah I hope you're all doing well I hope uh lockdown is treating everybody okay and uh thank you for listening um Declan and I both wish you well and uh yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you soon. Oh, I should say, um, this is the end of um, any planned programming for the channel, uh, the audio channel, for a while. We will be back for another season soon, but as you can imagine, things are kind of up in the air, what with the, uh, the COVID-19 situation at the moment. Um, now, um, Declan told me, and, and he also told all of you, that he is doing um, some YouTube album reviews, so that's well worth checking out. Um, I might do a couple more things like just kind of talking to the mic about music like I have done today. Um, let me know what you think of this. Let me know if you have any points. I've never done anything like this before. Um, if you think that anything could use improving, if there's anything I didn't cover or didn't make very clear, which I imagine there's at least a couple of things, um, then do let me know. But, um, otherwise catch us on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram at Weekly Song Podcast. Um, Declan is on SoundCloud if you want to follow him. Um, I'm on, you can find me at rogerheathers.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter, both at rogerheathers. Um, I'm doing, uh, I've got a couple of things coming out soon. I'm doing a Beatles cover EP just to kind of, you know, do something with the time, um, at the moment. And that will be coming out later this month. And most of that stuff can be found and followed on my Instagram. So do give me a follow at Roger Heathers. Um, like I said, you can find Declan on SoundCloud. He's uh, at, uh, just search Declan Kitchener or he's in the sidebar or in the, um, yeah, of the Weekly Song Podcast following bit on SoundCloud. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, anyway, I'm rambling now. So take care and I will see you soon. ta -ra.